Good to see you guys today. Hey, uh, my name is Mike Bro. If we haven't met before, I'm so glad to get to be a part of this series called At the Movie, and it's always an honor uh, for me to be here. I was thinking back to, I, it was at the old Turflin Mall Cinema in Lexington, Kentucky, where I grew up, in 1977, that I was first introduced to Luke Skywalker and Jedi Warriors and Stormtroopers and Han Solo with brown hair, uh, played by a relatively unknown actor named Harrison Ford and Princess Leia with two cinnamon rolls attached to the side of her head and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and R2-D2 and C-3PO and the lovable uh, Chewbacca and the unlovable Darth Vader. It was the first but somehow not the first of the Star Wars movies. I don't know how it all falls together there. Now seven different Star Wars movies. And I can remember just being blown away at the special effects, which now compared to like this installment, they seem a bit archaic in the very first one that was released. But what really drew me and millions of other people into George Lucas's mesmerizing films was this classic battle between good and evil, between darkness and and light. And even though the characters and the subplots are like totally fictional, there's something that rang true in our hearts about the story, almost like we were a part of this thing. Now, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament of the Bible, he never saw any of the movies, not, not one of the seven. But the story was certainly familiar to him as well. Look what he wrote in Ephesians 6. He says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. You see, the Bible is very clear that there is a real battle going on between good and evil, between darkness and light. I mean, Jesus said we have a very dark enemy whose sole agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. We have an enemy of our soul that wants more than anything else to take you and me out. And right on the heels of what Jesus said about the enemy, then Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. So we are right in the middle of this very real struggle between good and evil. You can feel it, don't you? I, I certainly can. But you guys want the good news about this? We have the force. We have the force on our side. Yeah. And when you and I allow him to awaken in us, the Bible says we become unstoppable. You know, when you watch, you know, an incredible three-hour movie, or maybe th this vacation you'll take a little book, you know, like a thick novel, and, and you'll you'll read through it, or maybe you'll chew on like a long, rich passage of scripture somewhere. When, when you read lots of stuff like that or watch long things like that, it can inspire you and help you to think differently. But you know what? Sometimes it can just be simple as like two words. You hear two words and it can change everything. I mean, really, sometimes two words just change everything. Words like, she's cute, <laughs> head spinning, in love, marry me. I do. I'm pregnant. It's twins. We're broke. I mean, sometimes two words can just change everything. So today, all I want to do, 
I want to give you two words that just might change everything about the way you navigate this very real battle that we are in. In fact, I was thinking how you can pretty much sum up the whole story of the Bible in two-word chunks. I mean, it's like God creates, man falls, broken heart, unfailing love, relentless pursuit, Calvary's cross, empty tomb, sin defeated, forgiven forever. Thank you. That's the gospel. And the gospel is phenomenal good news. But the good news does not stop there. You see, Jesus didn't come to earth just to live and teach and die and be raised from the dead just so we could go to heaven when we die. That is incredible. Don't get me wrong. That's incredible. And it would really be cool if we came up out of the water of baptism, we open our eyes and we're in heaven, right? That would be awesome. But for most of us, when we came up out of the water of baptism, we found ourselves like still living in these broken down bodies in this broken down world trying to navigate this life. When I surrendered my life to Christ, I was 17 years old. You know what happened next? I turned 18, <laughs> then 22, then 31, then 44. You know, I've had a great life. But man, it's been challenging because the, the truth is we have to navigate this life right here, right now, don't we? And so some of you are saying, bro, I know all about what you're talking about, man. When I gave my life to Christ, I knew I was brand new. I knew I'd been completely forgiven and all my past was forgotten. I knew that God was doing some pretty cool stuff inside of me. I knew that I was free. It felt amazing. But then I went home with the same family and the same job and the same financial pressures and the same temptations staring right back at me. So you want the rest of the good news? You want those two words that can change everything? Here they are. In you. In you. You see, Jesus came to offer you and me more than just a resting place in heaven when we die. He also came so that every day you lived your life on this earth, in your neighborhood, at your school, on your job, no matter what this life would throw at you, you would know that Jesus Christ would be enough for you. That his life would be your life. That you would walk through your life knowing that the one and only true and living force was not just with you, he was in you. And those two words, in you, can change everything about the way you do your life. You remember those Gatorade commercials used to be out where they, they, they show these, you know, finely sculpted, finely trained athletes and a few guys like me, uh, you know, working out and stuff. And, and they, they were sweating different flavors of Gatorade. Remember those commercials? They were sweating like fierce melon coming out of their forehead and neon lime coming out of their armpits. It was a gross commercial. But, but then it would ask the question, is it in you? And being a broken down old jock, I go, yes. I get so fired up. I go, yes, it is in me, man. It is in me. It ain't in me. I'm telling you that right now. Right now, It's not in me. As much as I want to think, it's not. I was playing basketball with some kids the other day. There's a loose ball about three, three feet away from me. And I thought, somebody needs to get that. <laughs> I'm not getting on the floor. I mean, it's, just not, it's just not in me any, anymore. And I discovered that the same thing is true with me just trying to live this life on my own. If you haven't experienced it already, you will. You will discover that yourself did not come with the power source to live the kind of life to the full that Jesus was talking about. In fact, I was in a, a Barnes & Noble store not long ago, 
walking through it, I couldn't help but notice how some of the shelves were just sagging with the weight of the volumes of a section called Self-Help. And I thought to myself, that's one of the biggest oxymorons of all time, self-help. Because if self could help, we wouldn't need self-help, right? I mean, just think, think about it. All self can help you do is to dig yourself in a great big self-centered hole. Self is undependable. Self is unpredictable. Self is unreliable. If self really could help, then Jesus would have showed up on the planet and passed out gift cards to Barnes & Noble saying, grab yourself a self-help book and a giant grande vanilla latte and have a great life. But he didn't because self can't help. And if you've ever wrestled with an addiction, you know that self can't help. You know how futile your own willpower is. We all need help from beyond ourselves. We all need a force greater than us, and God knows that. So when you and I surrender our lives to the love and leadership of Jesus Christ, he moves in us. And I am so grateful that that supernatural force moved into my life and saved me from myself. So how does this force awaken in us? How does the life of Christ in us become real uh, throughout the day? I want to look at a few scriptures in the New Testament, and then I want to give you like three words to go along with these two words that change everything uh, about Christ being in you. There's this very cool, almost Star Wars-ish passage of scripture in a little book called Colossians, where it talks about how God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the Son that he loves. A really cool passage about that. And then, then the next verse says this. It says, to them, talking about the rescued ones, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. In other words, this good news for everybody on the planet. He's chosen to make known the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ, what? In you the hope of glory. I mean, to me, this is so cool. Not only did God rescue me and put me in to Jesus Christ, he took Jesus Christ and put him into me. And when it says the hope of glory here, some think that it means the hope of heaven. I think that's part of it. But I believe he's talking about the hope of a lifestyle right now, the hope of a life change, the hope of a transformation, the hope of a different way of living and relating that reflects the light and the glory of God, the hope of becoming God's very best version of us. And it's Christ in us. That's the only hope for that happening. Again, there is no hope in me saying, come on, bro, just try a little harder, man. Just apply yourself, just bear down. The hope of me ever walking away from temptation, the hope of me ever walking free from my past and all the junk that still wants to enslave me, the only way I'm ever going to walk through my world loving my wife and loving my kids and loving my neighbors and my family and even total strangers the way that Jesus did is living in the awareness that he is in me. And allowing that supernatural force to awaken in me every day. I got to tell you from experience, living in the awareness of this reality that he is in me has done more to change my life than anything else. To know that he's not just with me, but he's in me 24-7 has transformed my life. I mean, think about it. I can't say... Hey, Jesus, I'm going to go in here and do some really bad stuff. You wait in the car. 
He goes, I'm not waiting in the car. I'm not just with you. I am in you. I'm going in there with you because I'm in you. In fact, I stopped praying years ago, God be with me today. Not that there's anything wrong with that prayer. It just helped me to start praying. Okay, I already know that you're with me because you moved in me. So help me today be aware of your presence in me so I can live the kind of life today that you want me to live. It's been a game changer for me in the way I've lived my life. Now, Christ in you may sound a little strange to, to some of you. What we're talking about here is just the supernatural presence of God's Spirit living inside of you. I'm talking about the same Spirit who lovingly pursued you day after day, trying to get you to see your need for God in your life. I'm talking about the same Spirit who put some great people in your path, people who modeled to you what it meant to love God, what it meant to walk with God. I'm talking about the same Spirit who gently began to convict you of your sin and your personal need for a rescue from the dominion of darkness. The same Spirit, that force is now in you, breathing and working and stretching and teaching and molding and prompting and leading and transforming you from the inside out every day. And that's the hope of living the kind of life that Jesus called life to the full. If there's anyone that's living that kind of life that I know personally, it's Deanna. Oh my goodness. You talk about a new person. Deanna has shared her story here before, actually. Uh, Deanna came to central Kentucky where we were living at the time about five years ago now. She had been really, really deep in the adult entertainment industry, prostitution, all kinds of addictions and stuff. And she gave her life to Christ, and she just wanted to get well, wanted to kind of, you know, break the strongholds in her life and just become a, a new person. And so she came to this ministry called Refuge for Women, which is now happening here in Vegas through this church, and, and kind of, she just said, I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do life with God. And she renewed her mind every day to the truth of God's word and the truth of his love for her, because she'd never experienced that growing up. And she... Uh, began to memorize scripture. She did so much homework and she would sit through countless, countless uh, counseling sessions and have small groups. She went to AA every, every day for a while, went to celebrate recovery all the time. Just, just th put herself in the way of being transformed by God's spirit. And I can't tell you what a thrill it's been. She lived with us for three years. I can't tell you what a thrill it's been to have a front row seat to this girl's transformation. It's, it's amazing. She is currently a 4.0 student at Asbury Seminary, uh, learning how to do recovery stuff. And uh, I can't tell you how special it was yesterday. I just flew in here last night. I got to fly back to central Kentucky and stand there and officiate her wedding as she stood there in a beautiful white dress, just glowing from the inside out and married a young pastor named Matt. And she would tell you that just knowing the very real presence of God in her life, that knowing that not just that he was with her, but that he was in her, has changed everything about her life. Because Christ in you, man, that's the hope of glory. So let me just give you those three words about those two words, in you. The first word is this, power. Christ in you equals power. You ever get a game for Christmas and you're really excited about it and you want to play with it right away, but those three words kind of changed everything? Uh, I'm not talking about the three words, some assembly required. That's a nightmare for every dad on Christmas Eve, right? 
But I'm talking about that three-word phrase that can shatter any child's day. You know what it is? Batteries not included, right? When Santa forgets the batteries, man, you're in trouble. All the excitement you had as a kid when you opened that present goes, goes away as quickly as it came. Because in order for that game to be all it was meant to be, in order for that toy to be all it was meant to be, man, there needs to be a power source because without it, it's just frustrating. And you guys need to know that this new life in Christ, it comes with a power source. Our father did not forget the batteries. They are included. He moves in and he brings this supernatural energy that's an unending source of power. You want to have greater endurance? You want to have more patience? You want to be kinder? You want to be gentler? You want to be filled with joy and gratitude and self-control? It says that it is in you by his power. Check this out. Ephesians 1.19, it says, I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe him. Catch this. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. It's saying this resurrection power is in you. The batteries are included. I'm talking about the power to make the right decisions. I'm talking about the power to battle addictions. I'm talking about the power to forgive when you don't feel like it. I'm talking about the power to walk away from temptation. I'm talking about the power to love an enemy, the power to let criticism bounce off of you. I'm talking about the power to say the right thing at the right time with the right kind of tone. I'm talking about the power to stare fear in the face and move ahead in, in spite of your fear. I'm talking about the power to handle new, bad news with a deep-seated faith and joy. I'm talking about the power to ride out a tough economy because you trust God completely. I'm talking about the power to love the way you look, despite the way the culture defines beauty. I'm talking about the power to set boundaries in your life. The same power that blew the rock off a tomb and gave life to a dead man is in you. In you. I love the way the message translates Romans chapter 8. It stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, as he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. With Christ in you, it says you're not on your own. You actually have the power to live this life. There's a sec second word I want to give you. Look at Colossians 2, verse 6. It says, And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Just let your roots go down deep into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thanks thankful thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also, here's the word, are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. There's the second word. Christ in you equals complete. You're complete. Since we're in this movie series, I... I Googled a list of famous movie quotes the other day, and this list was compiled by the American Film Institute with the top movie quotes of all time. One of the top ones was Obi-Wan Kenobi's from the original Star Wars, May the Force Be With You. Let's see how well you know famous movie lines. 
um, from the Godfather. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Very, very good. Uh, way, way back. This was one of the top ones. Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. Toto, I got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore, right? Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry from Sudden Impact. Go ahead, punk. Make my day, right? Uh, E.T. phone. Yeah, life is like a box. Yeah, right. Jerry Maguire movie. Show me. Right? You had me at. Yeah. If, if the American Film Institute were to compile a list of the cheesiest lines ever uttered in a movie, I think one from Jerry Maguire would make the top of that list for me. It's the line, you complete me. Really? Really? You see, I have watched way too many people in their life look for another imperfect, fallible human being just like them to complete them. To ask another person to complete you is setting the relationship up for a long uphill struggle and setting your whole life up for a huge disappointment. It's just not possible. In fact, Debbie and I, we've been married now for, well, it's going to be 39 years next Saturday, actually. We've been married a long time. We've been together a long time. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, we were like six years old when we got married. It's a Kentucky thing. Uh, cousins, all that stuff, you know, but I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm making all that up. But uh, I got I to tell you something. Man, I've been, I've been get, Debbie and I have been together a long time now, and uh, she's my favorite person on the planet. I don't know anybody else like her. I mean, she's, she's just the best. She's my best friend. She's my soulmate. I'd rather come home to her than anybody I know. I'd rather hang out with her than anybody I know, but make no mistake about it. She does not complete me. I know you'd find this hard to believe, but I don't complete her either. Christ completes us. And when I let Christ complete me, and when she lets Christ complete her, guess what happens? We bring more complete people to a relationship, and we're not expecting each other to do what only God can do for us. In those verses we just read, the writer's saying, don't, don't look to anything else to complete you. You've been made complete in him. He's saying, because of Jesus Christ, everything's changed. Your search for satisfaction has been, has been satisfied. Your, your quest for purpose and fulfillment, that's finally done. Your need for acceptance, your need for approval has been met because when he moves in, he brings all the love, he brings all the acceptance, he brings all the, the security, he brings all the approval, he brings all the grace, all the fullness of God that we need. We're complete in him. Check out 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says, as we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us what? Everything we need for living a godly life. The things we need are not given to us on an installment plan. When he moved in, he brought all the stuff with him. He didn't like put kindness on layaway for you. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't have to come to God and say, God, come on, you're holding out on me. God, could you send down a little more strength? Could you send down a little more patience? I need a little more gentleness, God. Could you send me down a little more control? You're, you're, you're holding out on me. Now, he will certainly mature us and grow all those things in us as we allow the force to awaken us. But everything we need for living this life is already in us because he is in us. Here's the key to all those things being unleashed. The third word, remain. Christ in you equals remain. Jesus said to his followers one day, he said, if you guys want to live with power, 
If you guys want to live with a sense of security, if you're going to want to live with a sense of completeness and deep satisfaction, if you want to live this life to the full that I've been telling you about, here's what you got to do. You got to remain in me because I'm going to remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches and those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can really do nothing. I mean, the word that Jesus used here for remain literally means to stay, to dwell, or establish a permanent lease. He says, I'm going to live in you. I'm not going anywhere. You live in me. Stay connected with me throughout the day. Don't set me to the side. Don't view me as just another one of the spokes on the wheel of your life. I want to be the hub of your life. I want you to live in the constant awareness of my 24-7 presence in you. If you do that, man, you're going to produce a lot of fruit and touch a lot of people with your life. I like the way my friend John, John Ortberg puts it. He says, the main measure of your devotion to God is not your quote-unquote devotional life. It's simply your life. You see, we have a tendency to compartmentalize. Over here, I got my work life, I got my school life, I got my home life, I got my recreational life over here, and I got my spiritual life over here. No. Well, we got one life, and it's all spiritual. He is in you, and he goes to school with you. He goes to work with you. He goes home with you. He goes to the gym, goes to the grocery, sits in the drive-thru, goes to the movies, goes out to eat with you. He goes with you everywhere. And when I choose to remain in him throughout the day, when I live with the awareness of his presence in me wherever I go, I get to see my whole life as an opportunity to be fully alive with God. The main measure of your devotion to God is not your devotional life. It's simply your life. Now, it is a daily, all-day kind of choice to allow the Holy Spirit to be the force in your life that He wants to be. You guys ever had an experience in your home where your smoke alarm battery is going out and just beeps and drives you nuts? Anybody else had that experience? You know what I'm talking about? It just starts beeping and drives you crazy. So what do you do? You get up and you take the battery out, right? You get so frustrated. You go, I don't want to hear that stupid beeping anymore. You're yelling at an inanimate object. You're just, you're going crazy, right? And then your house burns down overnight because you took the battery out. The smoke alarm was trying to tell you something. And it's been my experience that we can do that with the voice of the Holy Spirit in us. He's trying to speak. He's trying to warn us about something. He's trying to say, there's a little smoke there. Come on. He's trying to say to us, come on, stay connected. Don't unplug me. Remain in me. Come on, don't react like that. Don't, don't say that. Don't, don't post that, whatever you do. Come on, you can walk away. And we go, oh, would you just shut up? Because I don't, I, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to continue this affair. I'm going to keep on drinking and pretend that I don't need help, that I don't have a problem. I don't care what you say. I'm never going to forgive them. I have to continue to lie because I'm way in too deep now. I just don't want to hear it. You need to shut up. We can do that, can't we? And God tells us that when we do that, it not only quenches that force within us, but it grieves the Holy Spirit. Because you know how crummy it feels not to be wanted, don't you? And it makes God feel crummy too. And you say, well, I, don't, I really don't want your advice. I don't want your power. I don't need your direction. I don't need your help. I don't need your wisdom. Would you just shut up? Because when we silence his voice in us, not only do we like trash God's grace and cheapen the sacrifice of Jesus, we miss out on real life, the kind of life that Jesus was talking about, the kind of life that God longs 
for you and me to live, and that saddens him. Talking about the force, the Apostle Paul writes this in Galatians chapter 5. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let him lead you. Um, I like this line from the now gray-haired Han Solo in this latest Star Wars installment. Check this out. The flooding tunnel's over that ridge. We'll get in that way. What was your job when you were based here? Sanitation. Sanitation? Then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. Oh, really? You're cold? Come on. When I saw that, I thought, that's, that's what we do with God's Spirit. We say, you follow me, and I'll summon you the moment I need you. And God reminds us, that's not how the force works. That's not how the force works. Mark Batterson wrote a great little book called a Wild Goose Chase, all about the Holy Spirit. And he talks about having an inverted relationship with God. This is what he wrote. Instead of following the Spirit, we invite the Spirit to follow us. Instead of serving God's purposes, we want him to serve our purposes. And while this may seem like a subtle distinction, it makes an ocean of difference. The result of this inverted relationship with God is, is not just a self-absorbed spirituality that leaves us empty, but it's also the difference between spiritual boredom and spiritual adventure. I see so many people who are empty, because their relationship with God kind of is a self-absorbed type of thing. What can you do for me? You follow me. I see so many people who are bored and they're missing out on an adventure of a lifetime because they're saying, you follow me. I used to be there. That's how I know. But man, 24 years ago, I sensed a prompting in my spirit from God. And through a series of uh, conversations with a lot of wise people, and this continued just prompting in my spirit. I can't explain it any other way. I felt like God was saying, I want you to move to Las Vegas and plant a new church. And I'm thinking, God, I'm from Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky. I've never been to Vegas in my life, and I really don't want to go to Vegas. No, no, come on. Step out of your comfort zone. This is what I want you to do with your life. Leave your, leave your roots and just, just follow me. And I can tell you guys with all certainty, one of the greatest adventures of my life. So many of you don't, don't know me at all, but I can't tell you what a thrill it is for me to get to come to this church over 20 years later and see what God has done in this place. I'm just so grateful for the way he leads our lives. And I would have missed the adventure. Don't you want a life of adventure? then let the force awaken in you. You want to experience what Jesus was talking about, life to the full? Well, let the force awaken in you. You want to 
know the thrill of being used by God at your school, at your workplace, in your neighborhood, because you're touching the lives of other people, let the force awaken in you. You want to have the power to finally break free from some of those strongholds that have been wrecking your life? Let the force awaken in you. You want to know real peace and real contentment and real deep satisfaction? Let the force awaken in you. So I want to challenge you this week. Just try living in the awareness of God's presence in you. Instead of praying to a God who's out there somewhere in the universe, start talking to him like he's actually in you, that you're doing this life together. Now, I've still got a long way to go. But that kind of living has, has radically changed me. So I'm just challenging you just this week, maybe starting right today, you know, start walking the right direction and just talk to him like he's in you. Just say, okay, Jesus, we're going to do this day together. And I'm just going to trust that your force is going to awaken in me as I remain in you. And I just want to stay connected today. I don't want to go down that old road anymore. I don't want to go back there anymore. I don't want to have a bad attitude at work tomorrow. I want to, I want to honor you in everything I do. I want to react to people in the way that you would. I want to see people the way that you would. So Jesus, I'm just going to need your help as we do this life together today. Instead of you following me, how about I follow you today? Let's do this day together. And when you live like that, the amazing thing is the force will be with you. And not some fictional presence from some science fiction movie, but the very real presence of the one true living God. Yeah, um, Gatorade, it's not in me anymore. But he is. It's changed everything about my life.